Hello everyone, it's another episode, Taste of Forbidden Fruit. This is Andre. And I'm Callie. And today we are going to do things a little bit different. It's not going to be a full episode. What we wanted to do was have an update based on some shocking news and that's highlighting an even more shocking trend that seems to be going on in the adult porn industry. It's probably going on for a while, but it just caught my attention the other day with the death of Sophia Moon. She was just 20 years old. They've ruled out the cause of death being anything that was uh, suicide. Or COVID-19. You're all COVID-19 mm-hmm. related. But there have been some other actresses uh, this year that Callie brought to my attention that were the results of suicides, which caused me to go back and look into the last 25 to 30 years of porn stars and how they died. And the results are pretty, pretty morbid. And it, it raises a question as to are some of these, are these deaths directly related to the travails and the rigors and the stereotypes and the labels and all that that comes with the industry that they're in or is it just you could find it in any group that you highlight let's say rock stars you know there's a lot of rock star death that are deaths that are directly related to drugs you know there's a lot of suicides and things of that nature because of the business and I wanted to kind of take a look at that and from now which is 2020 going all the way back to late 1970s when it started there were suicides then which is crazy so i'm i'm wondering is this business really harmful to a lot of the women that get into it i think also social media having that kind of platform maybe sped up you know Mm -hmm. maybe contributed to it yeah yeah i think to your point you were talking about august ames Mm mm-hmm earlier right and i remember when she died like a year ago yep okay in december of 2018 or 19 i think it's 18 i think it's 19 that'd be six months ago she didn't die that recently did she oh maybe 18 yeah (laughs) and i remember when she passed Mm -hmm. because she was early 20s right Mm -hmm. okay and really i mean very attractive and she died by cyberbullying well that she how did she she, what was the cause she hung herself right Mm -hmm. and she did that because they labeled her homophobic for refusing to have sex on camera with a male that did gay porn so she didn't want to do she didn't want to have sex with a man that was engaged in sex with another man yeah like he had already done gay porn and he did she didn't want to have sex with him with him yeah they they labeled her homophobic which is stupid right, in my eyes. Right, right, right. <laughs> now, do you think that would be the only reason? I can't imagine that would be the, the main reason which that would cause her, that type of peer pressure, to take her own life. Do you think that there were some other underlying issues that she was dealing with also, and maybe that was the tipping point? I think that was the tipping point. Okay. Because okay. when you when you already feel bad you know you're you these people these trolls online they you know think that they can say whatever the hell they want to mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. now 
You have also regular celebrities who get cyber all kinds bullied. of yeah cyber mm-hmm. bullied. They mm-hmm. get all kind of backlash. They have very nasty things that mm-hmm. are said to them, but they don't take their lives. So what I'm wondering is, is porn even more detrimental to the psyche of some of these women that it would lead them to feel that the only way to relieve this sort of of pain is to take their own lives. I mean, I think you have to really go in depth and seeing whether or not they're already have underlying, you know, issues. Like Mm -hmm. did, you know, I think drugs are a mask to what you feel inside. If you're already depressed and you're already sensitive, maybe porn isn't something that you should, you know, do because you have underlying issues it that need to be. is not. Yeah. Then I you can, know what I mean? Yeah. And I'll get into that in a minute. No, I'm cut you off, <laughs> No, I mean, I was like, I, I was trying to figure out what, I mean, if you already have those kind of issues, that's just going to be more of a catalyst to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I, I'm going to go through a list. Mm-hmm. I'll do that probably after we take a break because it's a it's a pretty long list. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I know is definitely hard on the girls is when they first... There's a show on Netflix and the, one of the guys, he's like a talent agent and he owns his home in Florida and they recruit girls from all over the world. You know, and the United States, you know, mainly, but worldwide. And a lot of the girls that come to him they come because when they look at porn they see the girls a lot of the girls in the box cover they see the glitter they see the glam they see like for example if you watch you know black raw they have really exotic locations and things like that and yeah. they, they go all over the world or and mark they have dorsal these, yeah, yeah they have really exactly international mark dorsal mm-hmm. they have beautiful sets and mm-hmm. They shoot in beautiful homes. Yeah. And oftentimes, once you got to that level, the sex is presented in a more beautiful way. You know, it's not what they encounter when they're first starting out. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. When when they go to these homes and they, they're like maybe three bedrooms and they'll have maybe eight girls and they're all, the first night, you know, they go out. And they, they take them to, you know, Miami Beach, and then they go in to see the nightlife, they go shopping, they, they go sell shopping, the cars, yeah. they mm-hmm. see the clothes, and they sell it like this could be you if you work hard, right? The fame, yeah, the fortune. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'll be on box covers, yeah. you'll travel all around the world, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But what they don't tell them is that a lot of times the shoots that they go on to begin with are designed to weed them out, so to speak. I mean, mm-hmm. they're very, very degrading. There's a lot of humiliation involved. There's a lot of physical abuse. Mm-hmm. And some of them wind up, I mean, broken. They And if they have issues or problems, they go back probably more broken than when they had came, if that's possible. I don't know if you could be more broken, but <laughs> it, it's, it's really bad. Mm-hmm. And... Do you think they purposely put them in these these scenarios to figure out how strong they are? Yeah, because, yes, and see who's serious because the guy said, I get so many girls 
sending me messages that want to come and audition that want to be porn stars. Mm -hmm. And all of the girls, when they're there, once they get a taste of that lifestyle, when they go out and they show them that and they want that, they realize and they'll say, hey, here's a shoot. You can do it or not do it. But there are 10 girls waiting to take your place in this house that will do it. And they use that as leverage to get them to stay. Or even money. Yeah, or they'll say, yeah, you know, you start now. This is what you do. You do a couple scenes here. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, you're making the big money. And they say Mm -hmm. all of the women started out this way. Yeah. You know, but in porn, there's always trends. There are always things that are designed to be a little more... Risque. I don't even want to say risque. To be shocking. More shocking than than the other. You know, because when when you started out, you, you know, you would see... A lot of like internal say come scene. They really didn't show a lot of it. Then they started to show money shots. Yeah. Right? And then after a while, you know, they had the anal was big. Mm-hmm. So they started doing anal and girls got started to get paid more during anal. Mm-hmm. Then you had DPs. Then you mm-hmm. would get blow bangs. Then mm-hmm. you would get like the Houston five hundred where you had to sleep with five hundred people. And then you would you remember that, right? No. Yeah, her name oh, was wow. Houston. She slept with five hundred guys. It was a Houston five hundred. She set a record. I don't know if it's still a record at the time where she, you know, was penetrated by five hundred different guys. So it's always outdoing each other. Wow. You know? And then it turned to it seems like after the fifty shades, it became more it's not even I don't want to call it Dom submissive. It's it, to me it's just more excuse for a guy to be an asshole to a girl and just beat her up as much as possible that's and she just take it yeah. yeah and and so that also leaked into the professional side because mm-hmm. a lot of amateurs do that mm-hmm. that but they know what they're doing i mean a lot of it for them it's a lifestyle like the slave you know being collared and things like yeah, that yeah. it's more of a lifestyle it's not meant to like show cheap. to get clicks and views i mean some of them do but the ones that are real they know the difference I mean, they punch them. They, they choke them out. Yeah, they do all they, kinds of things. And if yeah. you if you if if you see that that's a trend mm-hmm. and going on in the amateur world, then the pros obviously are going to try to market on that. But the thing about it is, they just take all of the most sensational acts and package that. Yeah, and they you don't know? care about what happens afterwards. Exactly. They don't. Yeah. They don't show you know the cool down and you know. When the when the women's going to subspace mm-hmm. and things like that, a lot of things that are associated with that relationship, they don't care about showing that in the professional world. They just want to make money, and so what happens is, you know, a lot of the girls when they go in, that's a part of it. it's how much can you take? You know, mm-hmm. you'll start out. I remember I used to watch this video called Slap Happy. Did you ever hear about that? No. It was with Brandon Iron, and then it got Coffee Ronde. It was it was an oral series, but part of it was they would slap these chicks around. Yeah. You know, while they were giving, you know, while they were forcefully getting ahead from these girls. Mm-hmm. And after that, it went to choking. Yep. You know, they started choking them. And then another one they do now, which to me is totally disgusting, is then now they spit on them. You've seen that, right? Yeah, I've I, seen I don't it. know where that came from. The spitting, and it's just like totally degrading to the women. Mm-hmm. And like they're objects, right. they're not a human being. Right. Yeah. Right. But, I totally understand. Yeah, but there are some women who like that. Mm-hmm. They like being a sub, they like being a slave or what have you, or being abused. If it's with someone that they really trust and Correct. that respects their boundaries and everything, mm-hmm. you know, because that whole relationship is the sub is the one that's in control, not the dom. It's, dom respects what the, supposed to respect what the sub 
yeah. allows. The boundaries. Exactly, the, exactly. Yeah. But it's almost like in these, you know, productions these days, the guys, they actually kind of just laugh. They, they laugh at the women when they're sitting there crying and things like that and mocking them and you know that's become I, a big thing in porn and it's it's it makes me wonder if some of these girls can come back from that because you look at how young these women are that are dying i seen one that i was in my headspace was like turn it off i don't want to and it was a rape simulation you know mm -hmm. like but she was mm -hmm. actually i mean you can't you can act but these the tears coming down her face was just mm. unreal. And mm. he's just keeps on mm. keeping on. It's mm. just like, wait a minute. I can't, it triggered mm, yeah. something within me, you know, that yeah. I just needed to, you know, I needed a break. Yeah. There's a company, I think it's called bareback studios. I believe they specialize in those rape fantasies. And there's mm -hmm. a girl, her name is Charlotte, Charlotte Sarter or Charlotte is her first name. The last name I'm kind of fuzzy on. I think it's Sarda or something of that nature. And I've seen her in other movies as well, but she stars in them. Mm -hmm. And before and afterward, she will acknowledge, you know, she's okay with it. But it definitely simulates mm -hmm. rape because, yeah. you know, the whole time she's saying no. And, you know, the guy is, is just comes in and basically just, you know, takes it regardless. And the whole time she's acting as if she doesn't want it. And for me... Anytime I watch something on social media, mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, Pornhub or something just on YouTube mm -hmm. or anything, I always look at the comments because that's really how you gauge the temperature of the room and you really see what's going on. And a lot of times you see these comments and like with this one, the guy was, you know, it was a simulated rape and so, and, you know, he held her down, was choking her. And one guy was like, yeah, you should have, the only thing missing is next time you should have pissed on her. I mean, they and they'll say, yeah, this was great. That's a good little, you know, slave. She she wanted it the whole time. Mm -hmm. And so when you when you look at it, you can kind of see how if a woman was in that position. Yeah, that's not used to that. That's coming from some rural town in, you know, Kentucky or Iowa, or Idaho or what have you. And she's never done much other than missionary. Yeah. And maybe has, you know, performed fellatio on one or two guys. Mm -hmm. And then she goes into that because there's a show, it's called Latina Facial Abuse, I think is what it is. And they get a lot of young girls that just start out. And it, I'll put it to you this way. If I see my daughter on there and they did that, to, I would want, I'd catch a case. I'd wind up killing all those guys because the way they are with those girls mm -hmm. is, it's almost inhuman. But a lot of women would say they like that. Now, if you like that type of thing, then... To well, each his own. You're right, a lot more right. stronger than I am. But, you know, yeah. you, you wonder if productions like that or these trends that go on in porn based on the number of deaths you see with the girls under a certain age mm -hmm. taking their own lives, if it has to do with the way these women are treated in mm -hmm. the industry or how much of, of a factor is that? what percentage of women come into the industry that have these issues and the industry kind of feeds on these fears and these insecurities and these problems and then it gets to a point where these girls just feel worthless or fall into a depression and like they, they don't care lives. or they don't matter yeah. yeah right right all they want is clicks and money yeah yeah because some women love it you know they 
that, that that's what they're into. That's what turns them on. That type of treatment, so to speak, is is what they what I they're mean, into. If they were if they were in a room and they were doing a meeting, I mean, is their mental health always a factor? Yeah. I mean, maybe I don't know. Or are they too scared to to open up and say, "Hey, I can't do." You know certain things. Well, I remember a couple episodes ago, I was talking about Mia Khalifa, and she was saying that she was mm-hmm. on the set to do a shoot, and they had her to wear a head wrap, and it was the head wrap, you know, the customary for mm-hmm. her ethnicity, and she didn't want to do it, and they laughed at her, and the people that were there, basically peer pressured her into you know wearing it anyway and after she did that you know even though it was of her own volition she wasn't forced she started to receive death threats and so forth yeah they pigeonholed her is yeah, that the they, right word well, well they ISIS they sent her all that kind of death threats I mean yeah yeah, yeah. She and that's was, sad yeah and so these women these girls I mean there's ways you can pressure these young girls they're far away from home mm-hmm. they're you know they don't have any family or you know the only friends are girls that are there that are doing these things mm-hmm. And when you get on the set, they're like, you're going to do it or not? You're wasting my time. You came all the way out here. They're like, you know, you're a beautiful girl. You do this a couple of times. You know how guys can be. You're going to make a lot of money. You're going to be a star. All that, all yeah. that stuff, yeah. And so they do it. Mm-hmm. And some of them wind up regretting it. And I just wonder how much of that is porn related or is it just, you know, things you already bring in or is it a combination of both? Which is probably the overwhelming answer is that it, it is both, but... You know, in the future, we're gonna. I'm definitely gonna have some women on that can speak to this. Yeah. More eloquently and from their eyes. Yeah, more broadly than and specifically than we can, and also have maybe a psychologist or someone on here, also that yeah can talk about, you know, how if you are in a certain mental space, mm-hmm. that there are just certain jobs or certain things you just shouldn't involve yourself in. Yeah. You know, so anyway, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Ladies, are you tired of water-based lubes that don't do what you hope for? I know I am. That's why I'm happy I found Wicked's No Mess Water-Based Lube. It's allergy safe, latex compatible, and the various flavor selections are so tasty. Unlike other flavored lubes that leave your mouth with that nasty chemical aftertaste. The salted caramel and strawberry are my favorites. I also love that they're a vegan-friendly brand. So come down to any of our five-store locations and try out a bottle today. All right, everyone, welcome back. Uh, this part is going to be a little sombering. It's a, a list of stars that we have lost. And I didn't even include ones that the cause of death was, you know, murder, which could have been boyfriends or... Significant others, yeah, fans, you know, deaths be related to that. Mm -hmm. They're also, you know, cardiac arrest, Mm -hmm. uh, liver failure, their organ problems that some of them had that could be directly related to, you know, alcohol abuse, drug abuse. Mm -hmm. I didn't include them. Or just not taking care of yourself. Yeah, there were a lot of car accidents too, which, you know, you always, it always raises a red flag when you get. A significant number of a specific cause of death, mm-hmm. you know, amongst a group, because you usually don't see that many people dying in, in a car. You know, I mean, you, it makes you wonder if it was OD involved or, you know, some fight or what have you that led to 
the loss of control of the vehicle, mm-hmm. et cetera. But, or the combination of drugs and alcohol, right, too. Right, right, So I didn't include those. I mean, I have enough, as you will see, from, from this list. So the point in this is to emphasize the problem that we've been discussing. And also, if there's an, a star out there maybe that some of the listeners were wondering about, you know, hopefully they're not on this list, but if they are, you know, you will at least know what happened to them. If it's someone that you are were looking for or used to watch or were interested in. And one of the most alarming things about this list is that the majority of these women are between the ages of 20 and I would say 27. You have a few older ones, but the majority of them are in the early 20s. Most of them aren't even 25, you know. So anyway, here we go. Alex Jordan, 1995, cause of death, hanging. 2008, Anastasia Blue, cause of death, Tylenol overdose. Can you OD from Tylenol? Yeah, apparently she did. The Tylenol overdose. I mean, it could have been mixed with something else, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's Tylenol overdose. Say Angela Devi, 2006, asphyxiation suicide. Arcadia Lake... 1990 drug overdose Bambi Woods 1986 drug overdose Barbara Bellucci 2011 AIDS Camilla De Castro 2005 jumped from an eight-story building 1992 Celia Young suicide 1992 Chanel Price drug overdose 2006, Clarissa Dahl, suicide. 2002, Alyssa Bridges, heroin and meth overdose. 2005, Eva Lux, heroin overdose. 1982, Jill Monroe, heroin overdose. 2005, Julia Jett, heroin overdose. In the same year, Karen Lancome, overdose. 2009, Layla Lopes, cardiac arrest possibly drug related I'm thinking because she was very young Mm -hmm. 1987 Linda Wong drug alcohol overdose 2009 Larissa McComb no Larissa McComas suicide 1979 Mary Millington suicide 1990 Megan Lee gunshot suicide 2008 Missy drug overdose 1991 Nancy Kelly hanging 2011, Nicole Spiller, hanging. 2002, Pauline Chan, hanging. 2004, Rebecca Steele, overdose. 1994, Savannah, gunshot, suicide. That one I remember Mm -hmm. specifically. 1984, Shauna Grant, gunshot, suicide. 2002, Sophie Roach, suicide. 2008, Tammy Lynn, suicide. 2016, Terrell Ray, suicide. 2001, Terry Driver, overdose. 2002, Tolly Cristal, suicide by jumping. 1998, Trinity, overdose. I remember her. 2010, Violet Adamson, hanging. In 1998, Wendy Williams. No, not that Wendy Williams. Uh, gunshot. 
And there are about 10 that I didn't even put on there. It makes you wonder if there should be more guidelines. Maybe a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Psychiatric evaluation before going into porn. What do you think? I think that's good. <laughs> and also while you're in, I mean, I, I think it's the same with the police department. I always said that, you know, considering what the police have to deal with every day and what they see, there's all kind of trauma and PTSD that they have to deal with. I agree. And I think they should have regular evaluations, mental checkups to just make sure that they are stable. Because back when we were having a rash of shootings and killings, I think that's because a lot of them were dealing with a lot of pent-up anger and frustration, which made them more inclined to react violently instead of exercising more restraint. Or drug testing. Yeah, that too. Because their first response was to pull their gun. And that's supposed to be the last thing you do. Yeah. And in this industry, it could be the same thing. I mean, you could consider, I mean, you may be able to consider some of the things these women experience, some sort of trauma. Mm. And it could be PTSD because a lot of them, I shouldn't say a lot of them, there are those that are in the business that have acknowledged that at one point in time, they were abused in some sort of way. And that's, that's a common notion that most people say that's why these girls get into the business. I'm not going to say that, but I will say that I have heard many say that they were abused beforehand. Now they are in this industry. And there are demons there, there are issues there. And if they don't get properly treated, it yeah. could lead to a violent end like, like this. Yeah. You know, and as porn gets, you know, more and more abusive. Mm-hmm. Especially now. Yeah, it's all about shock value, yeah. really. And in a lot of ways. And these women that are getting involved, you know, it's just like a ticking time bomb. You know, they're, they're going around and their days are numbered because at some point they snap not necessarily violence violently but their will and desire to live they're broken yeah and e- and even more broken after you leave porn or or you, as you're still in there yeah yeah i agree yeah because that's i mean to get up every morning and that's you have to be able to look yourself in the mirror and mm-hmm. like who you see yeah and I, don't get me wrong this is not an indictment on any women i'm i'm all for you pursuing your dreams and goals no matter what that might be Mm -hmm. I'm just saying in some professions there are certain activities or job requirements if you will that can be very challenging mentally and you have to be of a certain mindset in order to not become broken by it Mm -hmm. the other thing is like um, if like when they had the AIDS outbreak. Yeah. They went to testing. They did all these things to mm. prevent that from happening. Mm. Why isn't there anything for these girls or guys well, to there prevent is, that? Yeah, there is a lot of AIDS testing. That Sharon Mitchell is one. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to go off tap, topic. No, no, And Nina Harley is another advocate mm-hmm. for the treatment of women and getting proper testing and so forth. Because actually, these... The testing in the porn industry is excellent. They are tested all the time, mm-hmm. more so than the average person. You know, I mean, I haven't had a test. I have. You know, but I've only not that I'm no, no, doing understand. anything. But right, I, right, right, I right, always right. try to. Right, but you know. I mean, if you if you take the average porn star and you take the average person on the street, I guarantee you that porn star has been tested probably twenty to 
30 more times than the layperson. Yeah. Because of the nature of the business, which is good, mm-hmm. you know, but there are things in place for their protection sexually in mm-hmm. that manner, as far as disease transference and so forth, right? But mentally, mm-hmm. where if you have a sit down and you ask them, where are you at? You know, how was your day? How are you feeling? Yeah. It could be outside of work. Mm-hmm. It could be other things, not even related to porn at all. Yeah. Things that need to be developed or things that, not developed, things that need to be discussed and dealt with and not necessarily hidden away and compartmentalized. And then you go on a set and some of those issues are brought to light. Yeah. But you're getting paid now for that, mm-hmm. you know. And then once you leave the set, you're at home. There's no follow-up. Yeah, there's no follow-up, but you're at home, and then those issues arise again, mm-hmm. and then how do you deal with them? You or know? even if these some of these people, if I can say, sure. some of these people, and I'm not talking for them, but yeah. some of these people might be on some kind of, you know, like Prozac or lithium mm-hmm. or something like that, and that, you know, that makes it 10 times worse when you're, you know, doing drugs or whatever, you know, being, you know, on those, that medication or a higher dosage or a lower dosage, you know what I mean? That can be a contributing factor too. I would like to get some, you know, porn star on and talk and see if there is some type of a group or network where they can talk to one another, or I'm sure they have their clicks and so forth, but if they can get together and, and talk about how each other are doing, mm-hmm. you know, and not necessarily who's booking what job and, you know, who's going to what locale and you're shooting for what company, but just more, how are you doing? Yeah. You know, how are you feel? How do you feel? And how's, how's work? And, you know, and is there anything that I can do to help you, you know? Yeah. But not being yeah. patronizing. Yeah. But yeah. you know, you, you, there's concern. I mean, if I know if I had someone that was in that industry and she was a female, I would, check on her from time to time to see how she was and that sounds sexist because with a guy I probably wouldn't but the guys really aren't the ones to me in my opinion being exploited like that you know and it's it's tough Mm -hmm. it's tough but it's something that I think needs to be looked into when you look at lists like these like this one that I just read off yeah and you see all these women cutting their lives short you know most of like i said majority of them in their 20s yeah it's just they have a whole life ahead of them yeah it's terrible yeah it's just terrible so i agree you know they need stricter standards yeah yeah standard or and you know the thing is that with porn they're gonna just go they're gonna do whatever sells and that's Mm -hmm. the thing that's unfortunate you know they want to see it and if you go on Pornhub. Mm-hmm. You can find it. I mean, you find worse than <laughs> I have. What you said, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm professional. But the thing about with that is, it's generally they're not getting paid to do it. So I think it's it's different. Yeah. Because you can always say no. I don't know if there's as much pressure when it's just you know when there's not money and, and contracts involved. Yeah. And things like that. Yeah. Because you're always looking over your shoulder with the next girl. Whereas on Pornhub, you know, you might do it for clicks and views, but 
you get the feeling that a lot of the ones that do that do it because they want to be there because I mean you know you're going to be seen by all these different people and you know you're putting yourself out there and you're not getting paid for it yeah you know so they may be doing it for their boyfriends or husbands but the majority that I've seen that enjoy this type of treatment they seem to be fine with it a lot I mean they you know they have all kinds of videos and they respond to a lot of the comments and it seems to be a mutual thing. Yeah. That's my thing. I wonder how much of this transference between, you know, abuser and abusee in the professional porn world is mutual, exclusive of a financial binding contract. Like how many of the world actually really want to do that? Yeah. Some just say, you know, well, it's, it's the thing now they pay me a lot. You know, and 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 that I think attitude. That's the unicorn of, of yeah. them. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. that that attitude will also will actually cause you to devalue yourself because you're saying, "Well, I'm getting paid a lot. I might, you know, in my personal life, I might do it. It's a paycheck, so I'm going to do it." But is your peace of mind, state of mind, and your self worth less important to you than than a paycheck? Yeah. And that's that's the thing. That's the question. So. All Hopefully right. we can get it answered. <laughs> yeah, we will. We will get it answered very, very soon. So we'll take another break and we'll be right back. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, everyone. I'm back with Callie. Hi. It's time for the famous Take a Bite segment. Yay. And for this one, I don't even I don't know what the topic is going to be. Callie just it went up and she's about to spring it on me, on, on us, including the, the audience. So here we go. Callie, take it away. If and when, who had the talk with you? The talk about? Like, who who, who talked to you about sex? Oh, you mean the birds and the bees talk? Yeah, the birds and the bees. And how do you remember how you felt while you were? Absolutely. I remember everything. I was... It was eighth grade, mm-hmm. and you know we all had our little girlfriends. <clears throat> and back then you would have half days. Mm-hmm. So we got out of school at twelve, and myself and my best friend at the time we took our girlfriends to his house. And you know when you you're young you experiment, you try different things, right? Yep. So anyway, my girlfriend had a little sister, and while she was there, she was playing with the thermometer at my friend's house and so long story short that night she went home mm-hmm. and she was talking to her parents and she said mommy how come we don't have a thermostat like so-and-so uh-huh and the mom was like who is so-and-so mm-hmm. Uh-oh. and then yeah my guess what my girlfriend said she said oh so <laughs> <laughs> the way it went was her parents called my best friend's parents. My best friend's parents called my parents. Oh no. And then my dad found out. I thought I was dead. <laughs> well, I, I would have thought, thought that same dead. thing too. I thought, I thought I was dead. <laughs> but my How old were you? 
13. 13, okay. And my dad, he, my dad was 6'3", very deep voice. You know, he was a big, big guy about 25. And Respect he, automatically. He called, me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he called me downstairs. He said, let's go downstairs and talk. And I was like, oh, I'm dead. And you know, back then, you could still spank kids and everything. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I'm thinking I'm going to get my ass tore up. And we had this swing in the basement. And he sat in the swing and he said, come sit next to me. I sat next to him. You had a swing in your yeah, attic? Well, How well, cool was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, back, back east, you have like tri-level homes. You have a basement. Yeah. So we yeah, had yeah. a little swing attached to the ceiling so we could swing back and forth. How yeah, cool. It was, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, you know what that thing in your pants is, right? And I said, yeah. And he said, you know what it can do, right? And I said, yeah. And he said, okay. And he got up and walked off. And I was like, stunned. I, I'm, yeah, I'm I, sure. I, I couldn't really, I, I thought it was like, I was being pranked. I was like, that's it. But my, that's how my dad was in a lot of ways. I mean, he did discipline, but he, mm -hmm. he taught mm -hmm. more. And I think that's what a lot of parents need to do more of is when you correct your kids, you don't punish them so much. It's more you discipline, you're teaching them. Yeah. And so he, I mean, he could see the fear in my, I mean, he knew what I thought I was going to get, you know, spanking, but he just was like, it's more important for you to understand the trouble you can get yourself into and someone else. Mm -hmm. Because he, he, would, he told me one time, I think he told my sister, he said, you know, a moment of pleasure can cause a lifetime of pain. Yeah. You know, that's like, true. Yeah, I think that's what he said to my sister. But when he said that to me, you know, I understood what he meant mm -hmm. by that. And after that, honestly, I didn't, I didn't, my first, I was a virgin until I was like in college, 22, mm -hmm. my, my college sweetheart. Because I understood that, you know, the power of, of sex and what it can do. And I saw a lot of people around me and they were getting people pregnant. And, you know, then you still had the... Mm -hmm. The uh, when I was coming up, the AIDS mm -hmm. was big because this is in the 80s, mm -hmm. and so you saw the spread of that, mm -hmm. and it just really stuck with me, you know. And it was very effective, and it was that simple. It was just, you know, he would get me to think about things because when you're dealing with someone, it's one thing for you to try to get them to understand it, it's another thing for mm -hmm. you to kind of lay out the program and then get them to understand it. I think also it's because of the fact that if he did, you know, discipline you, you would remember that discipline more than you would remember what that's, he said. That's exactly right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, and I love that. That's, exactly that's awesome. Right. And yeah, and the thing is, is he, he also understood, I mean, that's a fantastic point you make. Mm -hmm. And he also understood that sex is, is normal. Kids experiment kids are curious yeah how are so, we gonna know yeah, if so we don't he, try it right yeah, so he didn't want to he didn't want to punish me for that mm -hmm. but it's more so the way in which we went about it mm -hmm. was wrong yeah you know not only are we too young to engage in anything sexual mm -hmm. but it was dishonest the way we did it you know we're at somebody else's home mm -hmm. they're not there you know they wouldn't appreciate that yeah you know it's like he knows if it was our house, how he would re react. Yeah. So that was more also what he really wanted to drive home, but he knew I already understood that part. Mm -hmm. You know, he just, like you said, he didn't want to do anything disciplinary wise to take away from the lesson that he was trying to teach me. Yeah, and you know? it worked. See? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it worked 100%. So, yeah, yeah that was, I so, get it. So that was my, <laughs> yeah, that was my birds and the bees talk. 
What about yours? <laughs> Mine was my ex-brother-in-law, Chuck. He saw that I was um, experimenting on different things. And so he, I don't remember whether or not he asked my parents or whatever. I'm not really too sure. A lot of those years that my sister and her husband were living with us at the time, a lot of that is blocked from my memory because it was a really hard childhood as it is. And then it hit with him. It made it a little bit more worse for me. Right. So I felt at the time I felt like, why isn't my mom telling me talking to me about this or you know or my even my dad you know but i understand that at the end of it i got the sense of well i already know what to do i know what not to do because i learned it from the playboy channel remember I, the last podcast i told you <laughs> yep. so i had a lot of misconceptions as to i can't believe i'm saying this I thought that when you have intercourse and you're, you know, the, how do I put it? Um, Gently. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought that at the other end, when, when you're, when you're having sex mm -hmm. and he, how do I put it without saying it? Word? Um, I, I thought that you could that the the vagina was just like a circle because mm -hmm. you see all your friends how you're they're young and they they put their finger in the hole and they bring it mm -hmm. out well that's what i thought the vagina was you could actually see the penis on the other side and i actually thought that that's what it was until i had intercourse and i was like oh well that doesn't do it <laughs> but i mean i didn't think about the consequences when I first had sex. I, you know, I didn't think about any of those other consequences. Mm -hmm. So for my opinion, I would have liked my parents to have sat me down and, and talked to me instead yeah. of someone that I didn't, I didn't have any respect for. Yeah. Because I would have, I think I would have taken a different path had that happened. And I'm not, I'm not knocking them. Mm -hmm. By all means, I'm not. They were good parents. They are excellent parents, sorry. And, you know, they they were dealing with other things in their life. So I can totally understand that. Usually the younger kids, you know, they get the back end of things. Right. You know, like, I know, Andre, you have sisters, right? I have a oldest, one older sister. Yeah, and so when you have a big family, you tend to, one, get pushed on the side. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I understand that. And I don't fault them at all. I do not. I don't fault them for anything in my childhood that happened. Do you think as a tie-in, some of the girls that go into this business, do you think their parents or parent or whoever their guardian is, mm -hmm. they are having a talk with them about responsible sex? I don't think that they have that connection and what I, what I feel is like, I have a connection with my mom and I have a connection with my dad. So mm -hmm. I know, you know, they taught me those rights and wrongs, but sometimes families don't have that opportunity. I mean, we, you've, you've experienced 
where there's just one mom and, and then no dad or, mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. or they've been adopted. So I think it's just the environment yeah. is what stimulates them. I don't know why people do the things they do. I'm just wondering because uh, that's why I can't wait to I, have some people in here who are actually like in the business because even when I was younger, when I was watching, I would be like, man, how do these, they're such beautiful women. Mm-hmm. Why, why are they doing this? Right. I, I say you know, the like same you thing. Be doing anything, you know, and <laughs> you can some, be an actress. Some of them have said, I'm doing what I want to do, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm wondering the implication that you're wasting your life that is used on these girls mm-hmm. because it's they're perceived as throwing their lives away mm-hmm. because of this choice they're making and if mm-hmm. you ask them some of them they, they would rather be doing anything else mm-hmm. it just makes me wonder what type of background they come from yeah because most people who have a negative opinion on women that are in porn they always associate it with some type of problem or trauma or bad experience when they're younger mm-hmm. or improper education or you know, not being cared for in a proper way or taught the right morals. There's yeah. so many implications and inferences that people who snub porn actresses use and hurl at these women. Yeah. And the only way really to debunk that is mm-hmm. to have someone on here or someone, yeah. which I'd have no problem with discussing it mm-hmm. and saying, you know, hey, I had, because I've heard some women, they say, you know, I come from a, very good background both parents in the home middle class family it's just something I like doing and I mean sex is more prevalent now than ever it's in everything and they see it everywhere and and people's views on it are like a lot different than they used to be it's a very it's a much more liberal activity you know Mm -hmm. women are having sex like men yeah you know if you watch sex and we're and we're bosses so yeah. we, we, you know, yeah. we are in control of our own, yeah. you know. And that's what a lot of these girls are saying. I'm in yeah. control of my vagina. I yep. do what I want. And they did, you know, this way I put a, I know what it's worth. I'm putting a tag on it and I'm getting paid for it. It's much more than me just going out and having random sex with some guy that I might know for two weeks and like, eh, he's not the person. Yeah. You know, like at least this way I'm getting some out of it. So everything is perspective, which is why I'm very interested in having some of them on the show at some point in time. Yeah. To talk Definitely. about that different side and hopefully because we can only speculate right you right. know like i don't really we don't really know what she or he you know yeah thinks in that aspect right and hopefully we can get some answers in terms of these this disturbing trends you know is why they think so many young actresses mm-hmm. you know take their lives yeah and see what it's they just so sad about. yeah it is some of these girls are like in her in their twenties. They're twenties. The majority of them. Are. Yeah. Yeah. The you have a whole life ahead of you. Yeah. Personally, I think any situation you go into, we all have our issues. We all have baggage, and I think we just have to be careful in terms of the, the situations we place ourselves in mm-hmm. that Definitely. may bring back those memories or augment those issues to the point where we can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And it causes us to do something detrimental or even fatal. Mm-hmm. And that's sad. That yeah, is really sad. sad. That's very sad. Well, that's all I got for now. Yep, that's all I got too. <laughs> so next time, yeah. Ho- hopefully, the next podcast we promise will be a lot more joyful, pleasurable. Hopefully, the material won't be as somber, but <laughs> it definitely is a, it's something that we needed to bring out and talk about. 
and we'll go more in depth later on down the line. And Callie even said that we now have uh, some listeners in Germany. Yeah, and Ireland. Nice. So <laughs> you should be going up. And, yeah. Yeah, and very soon, next few podcasts, I know we've been talking about it, but we will actually have a call-in feature. We have yep. guests lined up. Yep. And we will be getting more professional, as they say. And we're really excited about that. And if you guys have any questions or comments or concerns, you can email us at tasteoffforbiddenfruit2 at yahoo.com. And how else can they reach you? Um, you can go to the Instagram, Mine's Mo Cali, And then you can go for the um, the Instagram for Taste of Forbidden Fruit. Okay. <clears throat> and mine is It Is Dre on Instagram, IT period, IS period, DRE period. Cali's over laughing. <laughs> That's all we got. So thanks for listening. Thank you. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Be safe. Take care.